0: Hello, welcome to the self-learning podcast by Dr. Shishma Singh. Let us start discussion on unit 8 legislature and our topic is state legislature. State legislatures while in most respect are similar to Parliament of India, there are some important differences. The choice of unicameralism and bicameralism was left to the states depending on how they weighted the functions of the second chamber compared to the cost involved in running it. Any legislative assembly may create or abolish a legislative council for itself by a special majority, a majority of the total membership that is not less than two-thirds of members present and voting, followed by an Act of Parliament, Article 169. The size of the council must be no less than 40 and no more than one-third of the Total membership of the assembly. Article 171. Like the Rajya Sabha, one-third of a state council's members are elected biennially. Five-sixths of the council members are indirectly elected on a complicated formula involving graduates, educators, and members of the legislative assembly and one-sixth are nominated by governor. But a state council's role is even more circumscribed than that of Sabha. It is merely an advisory house that may delay the passage of a bill, but cannot compel modifications or abandonment. The legislative assemblies themselves vary in size from a maximum of forty to no more than five hundred. Their members are chosen for five-year terms by direct elections on the basis of universal adult suffrage. The state assembly is subject to dissolution but not the council. Because of the great difference in size between the parliamentary and state legislative constituencies, MLAs are far closer to the people than MPs. The MLAs are correspondingly the more significant political actors. Now let us move to the next point, parliamentary sovereignty. As a theory of politics, sovereignty embodies the notion that in every system of government, there must be some absolute power of final decision. The person or body exercising such decision must be legally competent to decide and practically able to enforce the decision. The concept entails a prescriptive and a descriptive element, contrary to the situation as it ought to be. In reality, many states do not possess the unity, clarity and effectiveness of command implied in the concept of sovereignty. In India, government has often come into conflict with judiciary over the extent to which the parliament may amend the constitution. In the Gokulnath case 1967, the court ruled by 6 ratio 5 majority that parliament was not competent to amend fundamental rights as they are transcendental and immutable. Though the power to amend the constitution is a legislative power, Article 247 245, and hence the constitutional amendment act in the law within the purview of Article 13 2. However, in 1971, by the 24th amendment act, the parliament sought to retain its sovereignty by making the constitutional amendment act immune to judicial review on the ground that it takes away or affects fundamental rights. Also an amendment of the constitution passed in accordance with the article 368 will not be law within the meaning of article 13. The 25th Constitutional Amendment Act, which allowed the Parliament to encroach on fundamental rights, if it was said to be done pursuant to giving effect to the directive principles of the state policy. In April 1973, in the Keshwanand Bharti case, the Supreme Court ruled that while Parliament could amend even the fundamental rights guaranteed by the Constitution, Parliament was not competent to alter the basic structure or framework of the Constitution. The 42nd Amendment Act 1976 ambiguously and unbashably declared the Parliament to be competent to amend all provisions of the constitution and the courts to be incompetent to question parliamentary enactments. The assertion of parliamentary sovereignty in the wake of conflict between the due process of law and the procedure established by law is due to its consideration as the repository of the will of the people as it is directly elected by and accountable to the people. In fact, parliament elected by all adult citizens is more representative of the general will than a constituent assembly, which had been elected on a very restricted franchise. Moreover, the courts over the years had delivered contrary Mm. decisions and the inconsistency of judicial verdicts had produced constitutional confusion. The constitution is what its clauses said it to be, not what the judiciary interpreted it to be. The concept of the basic structure in particular was nowhere to be found in the constitution itself, but was instead an invention of the judges. In 1980, in Minerva Mills' case, the judiciary titled the balance of power towards its own side by declaring validity clauses 4 and 5 of Article 368 as ultra vires, because they exclude judicial review which is the basic feature of the constitution. However, to insist that the constitution could be amended at will by the parliament free of judicial oversight would be to reduce the constitution to a private preserve of the prime minister. Now let us wind up the session and take rest. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcasts.